Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, The Evils of Reverse Engineering a Major League Bullpen and ask me questions if I was confusing. Let's imagine you're following a team that made the playoffs. Whichever team it is, whichever year it is, it isn't all that important. You're following a team that makes the playoffs, and they get eliminated. It's like the last, you know, fourth or fifth or sixth team remaining, but they get eliminated. Eliminated in the division round. Eliminated in the championship round. I'm going to set aside the World Series round for this time. But you get the team that they're good, they're good, but they're not that good. I'll use for an example the White Sox this time around. They were a good team. They were better than the teams in their division. They deserved to make the playoffs. When they got into the playoffs, the Astros were a better team. The Astros hit better. The Astros pitched better. The Astros played defense better. The Astros were a better team. It's really difficult to watch the series, listen to the series, pay attention to the series, and say, yeah, the Astros got totally lucky. You know, the, the, the entire thing about, oh, well, they're, when they're at home, they're da 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 Well, in game four, it was in Chicago. Chicago got off to a one to nothing lead and lost 10 to 1. It's really difficult to say, well, we had our pitcher going and he did, they're better than we are. The other team, the team that defeated us in the playoffs, in almost every instance, the team can honestly say they were better than we were. If you're being honest, they were better than we were. And as fans, especially as fans, because front offices know this already, as fans, sometimes we get caught up in reverse engineering a roster reverse engineering a bullpen in October. This is not a good idea. This is not a good idea because when you're looking at a team's roster in October, first off, they put their roster together in February. They put their roster together in February. This guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's in the minor leagues, this guy's on a minor league deal. They brought their team into camp in February, in February, in February, in February. They went through spring training. They went through the early part of the season. Very possibly in July, they might have made some trades to upgrade their roster. And at the end of their season, because they were successful their roster probably looks quite a bit different than it did in February. 
if you're going to assess what our team ought to do in this offseason is based on what the team that eliminated us looked like in October, that's reverse engineering. That's reverse engineering. Reverse engineering does no good whatsoever. The, the moves a team ought to make in the offseason, this is going to sound like a real, duh, I knew that. The teams, the moves a team ought to make in the offseason are the moves the team ought to make in the offseason. Not anything different. Step by step by step. Look at the 40-man roster. Should this specific player be on the 40-man roster? Maybe yes, maybe no. Why not? Maybe because of this. Well, there's always this. Maybe he won't get picked in the Rule 5 draft. Maybe to, And all those questions. Those are the questions to assess in November. Not, is this guy going to be our 8th inning leverage guy if we make it to the second round of the playoffs? That's not... That's not a November question. That's a question for a team that is highly successful. As we look to the Chicago Cubs in 2022, couple things. You nor I know what Jed Hoyer's number from Tom Ricketts will be. That to me seems like it's a really important question. If we knew the answer to what is Jed Hoyer's number going to be from Tom Ricketts for 2022, if it if that number is 170, 175, then realistically, our expectations might be a little bit higher than if that number is down in the 130, 135, 140 range. Seems reasonable, yes? If you're going to spend more money, if you're going to <coughs> allow the executive to spend a bit more money, then probably the team might be at least a little tiny bit better. Seems reasonable, seems fair, seems acceptable. We don't know what that number is. We also don't have any idea how Jed Hoyer is honestly going to approach the offseason. Is he pot committed to 22? Is he going to prioritize 2022 over 2023, 2024, 2025? For instance, a guy like uh, Alexander Canario, probably not going to play too much at the major league level, if at all, in 2023, or in 2022. If 2022 is of vital importance, Something came up. They decided, you know what? Madrigal's not going to help us in 2021. Let's make the trade and try to create a championship in 2021. Alas, it did not work. Um, reverse engineering isn't very useful whatsoever. If you're saying, well, the Red Sox right now, their roster right now is this and this and this and this. So all the Cubs moves ought to be in the offseason for making sure that they're better than the Reds. And no. I'm trying to remember. The Cubs play. I think the Cubs play. Yeah, the Cubs play the. Do the Cubs play the Red Sox next year? I can't even remember right now. Um, 
I can't even remember. But e even if they do, it's, you know, like three games. You're not going to base your season on we have to have our roster. What the Cubs ought to do is look logically, analytically, does this guy belong in a 40-man roster? Why or why not? Is there someone better who will be available? If this player is left on the 40-man roster, is that going to prevent us from doing something else? This player might have had struggling numbers on the struggle bus. Is he going to represent better than that in 2020? I, it, Dakota Mecca, no. Um, Dakota sets an entirely different podcast. Um, Trevor McGill and Michael Rucker. I should probably do a whole lot more research on them because as of right now, they are on my do not make the 40-man roster. And possibly, at least in one case, that is an in, improper assessment. The goal ought to be initially assessing everyone on the 40-man roster should this person stick around. This again, from a front office point, uh, standpoint, and since the front office is doing it, the advanced fan ought to do this as well. Should this person be on the 40-man roster? Why or why not? What should a good number be for the Cubs on their 40-man roster through the offseason? My guess would be 34, 35 maybe would be a really good number. I'd prefer 34 if I can get it to 34, but if it has to be 35, then for 35 it is. And you assess the players that are currently on the 40-man roster. You assess the players that are going to be Rule 5 draft eligible. And the four main ones that I see, three of them are on the Mesa Solar Sox right now. You have Danias Correa, you have Brendan Little, you have um, Nelson Velazquez, and you also have Ethan Roberts. You can toss in Jared Young if you wish. Those are the players to assess regarding mid-November, uh, mid November 19th. Assess the decisions that have to be assessed as they have to be assessed. Don't get in front of anything. It's absurd to think that it makes sense now to put together a roster that's going to be October ready in March. That just doesn't happen. It's, it's absolutely absurd because you need to have some players in AAA who you can freely call up and send back down. And you can have them in AAA and you can have them develop. You can have them get better. Maybe, 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 maybe that guy who's in AAA that you're really not too, too, too hot on right now. Or the guy who's starting in AA who really isn't that impressive yet. Maybe he develops and becomes a player who, hey, this guy does make sense now. And those decisions can't actually be accurately made, adequately made, properly made until the time is right. So if you have a player who isn't going to properly develop into a league-ready player until July, but he is going to develop into a league-ready player in July, you want to base your assessment on what's the likelihood of him being a good player in July. 
because it's really not all that important to have um, a 14-man bullpen in February. You know, have oh, we we have we have seven starters on the rotation, and we have nine pitchers in the bullpen, and they're, they're, it doesn't work that way. At some point, early in the season, you dial it back. You're going to have some people who are in the minor leagues and aren't going to have a good year. Some people aren't expected to have a good year, but do. Assess what has to be assessed at the appropriate time. Reverse engineering a bullpen, saying you have to see to it that your February bullpen is better than an elite bullpen in MLB playoffs right now? That's absurd. That's silly. Assess the talent currently under discussion. Trevor McGill, Tommy Nance, Brad Wick, should they make the 40-man roster? Once you have the 40-man roster figured out, then you head to the offseason. Then you head to, should we draft a Rule 5 player? I think the Cubs might, but that's a different podcast. Reverse engineering isn't very useful in baseball. Maybe it is in football. Maybe it is in basketball. Maybe it is in hockey. But in baseball, April baseball is different than June baseball, is different than August baseball, is different than September baseball, is different than October baseball. If you're doing well in Major League Baseball, the season ramps up. If you're doing poorly in Major League Baseball, Come July, you trade a bunch of people. That's the way it goes. And then if you have traded a whole bunch of players, winning games down the stretch really isn't all that important. Whereas if you trade veterans to add, or if you trade prospects to add veterans because you have a legitimate chance to be successful in October, then your bullpen is going to look a whole lot different than it did in March because you did well. Reverse engineering is absurd. Realize a February, a January, February, March, April bullpen is not going to be as good as an elite bullpen in October. It just doesn't work that way. Reverse engineering is foolish. There are plenty of questions right stinking now for the Cubs. And for my money, assessing Nelson Velazquez, Danias Correa, and Brendan Little are probably the three best October questions for the rest of October. Thanks for stopping by. Pre-arb excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. Attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be sure to check out my article on Bleed Cubby Blue. Thanks.